Have you dreamed about opening a boutique since childhood? Maybe you have a store, but now you're ready to expand. Well, guess what? You're in exactly the place where you're meant to be. Welcome to the Boost Your Boutique Podcast, hosted by Emily Benson, retail boutique consultant, best-selling author, and a motivational speaker. In this podcast, you'll learn how to manage your boutique better, have balance in your life, and learn from experts who care. So whether you've been in the business for decades or you're just getting started, it's important to get help from someone who's been there and someone who's going to coach you along the way. So head over to BoostYourBoutique.com to learn more today. And now, here's Emily. Hi guys, it's Emily and welcome back to another edition of the Boost Your Boutique podcast. I am so excited this week to bring you an interview. So, so much of what I do is teach and teach and teach, but I don't know everything. And so I plan on, as I grow this podcast, bringing on some of my favorite experts in areas from mindset to PR, all over the map, really to help you see other sides of your business that you might be missing. And this week, this one's really special to me. Uh, This woman is someone who has been in my life for a few years now. Uh, We started out, I actually interviewed her for some market research I was doing, and we found out we have the same birthday. We found out that we have a lot of the same interests. We traveled to France together. She is incredible, and I I think you're absolutely going to love this interview. Her name is Christine McAllister. She is a freedom strategist and expert on turning tragedies into triumph. Her company is called Life with Passion, and in that company, she helps high-achieving, motivated entrepreneurs use their unique gifts and their challenges to quit and stay out of their nine-to-five jobs. How does she do this? Well, she helps them by creating and growing online businesses out of their passions. What a great name, right? Life with passion. So in this interview, we talk a lot about how she was able to start a business on the side of her nine to five, a creative business. In the first month, she was able to replace her nine to five salary. Can you, like, this is awesome, right? Like, you're going to love this. So in our interview, I press her on how she did this, what were the big steps that she took, and how, how can she teach you guys how to do this, right? Like, what, it, what do you all need to be doing to replicate the success she had? Because in my world and the way I teach, you know, nothing is new. We, we learn from each other. We learn from others who've done it before us, and so... I've been hearing from so many of you that you want to leave your nine to five to start your boutique, to start your mobile business, and you're just feeling torn. You're feeling overwhelmed. So I'm excited for you to really dive into this interview and hear what Christine has to give you. And, you know, I think it's really going to be a game changer for you. So let's dive right into the interview. Uh, I think you're going to love it. Christine, I'm so excited that you're here. I'm so excited you're my first guest on my podcast. And so welcome. Thank you so much. I am thrilled to be here, Emily. I 
we've known each other for a while, and one of the f- biggest reasons I wanted to have you on the podcast first, honestly, was because I admire your story of being able to run two businesses at once. So you were in your nine to five, you started a creative business on the side because you knew that was your passion and you were able to leave like so quickly. So I, I just, that just blows my mind because I really, I hear so many boutique owners say that they're in the spot, you know, whether they're running an online business, whether they are, um, in a brick and mortar doing, maybe doing shows or have a truck. I really would love for you to start just by telling us how, like, how did you do this? <laughs> like, what's the secret? Is there a secret? Like, tell us, please. Oh, that's such a great question. Yeah. So I was in a nine to five and just really, really desperate and focused on getting out of it. I knew probably like a lot of your listeners that the thing that I had started on the side was my true passion. And also I was really passionate about getting out of the job. So you know, what I did was I did build my business on the side in such a way that when I finally what did quit my nine to five, I replaced my income right away in the first month. And so I am a big believer in like doing this as simply as possible. So I really set my sights on what I knew when it came to that side business. You know, I did not seek to work with like a ton of people and do all the things and, you know, be everywhere for everyone. Like I kept it really, really straightforward. And I basically repeated the same tasks each day. And I got really, really consistent, stayed consistent. And that is what led to me being able to quit and replace my income right away. I love that. I feel like so many women think that, they have to do all the things and by doing all the things that might get them ahead. But it seems like you didn't, you clearly didn't, that didn't work for you. So, I mean, tell us a little bit more about like, like actual things that you did. So what was on that like daily to-do list for you? Yeah. So for me, I would say uh, the first thing that I did honestly was that I, was really consistent about communicating with my people. And in my case, I that meant via email, right? That's how I uh, connected with my customers um, and my clients was via email. And so, you know, I had my work emails at my nine to five and, um, and those weren't as important to me as those emails that were coming into the business inbox. I made sure every day I was in that inbox and I was responding to people and sending people emails, right? Like reaching out to them um, and being really, really consistent. So that was the first thing that I did. And that's not sexy, right? And it might sound kind of boring, but it's true. It's how I did it. Um, The second thing that I did was I focused on one to two projects at a time using one to two key skills at a time. Okay. And that was it. Okay. So, like, in terms of, like, key skills, like, what? how do you think that would transfer over to a boutique owner? So, a lot of boutique owners are 
you know, they're, like you said, they're trying to reach out to customers. So I love the tip about the email list. I'm constantly saying like, how are you building your email list? How are you communicating with your people? So that's super helpful. Um, and then like in terms of, I guess, structures and, and kind of, um, like, how did you fit that in your day? I guess, like, for boutique owners, I, I think they're doing a lot of this stuff at night. Maybe they're, like, sneaking in their lunch hours. Like, how – what did you do for systems and structures that made it possible that you didn't, like, die? <laughs> like, I can just imagine working so hard all day at your job and then coming home. What did you do? Yeah, I did use breaks and lunch breaks. Okay. You know, I was really excited about about – uh, what I was doing and building this. And so I would give myself permission to work on my stuff over lunch, right? And give myself permission to take 15 minutes here and there. And and then, of course, evenings and weekends as well. You know, when you're running a boutique business, um, I think there's a lot of, um, there is a potential for you to get more like diluted maybe in your message or like, who your ideal client or customer is and those types of things. Or like, maybe you're going to run this promotion. Maybe you're going to run that promotion. Or maybe you're going to work with this vendor or that vendor. And like, I would say it's much better off, um, much more likely to set you up for success if you are get super clear and super, super focused. Like I have horses, so I say it's like putting blinders on a horse, right? Mm-hmm. So that you can't see what's to the side of you. You can't see what everybody else is doing, right? There's no like – you. You, um, you rule out the room for FOMO and you focus ahead on like, maybe you just work with one vendor or two vendors. Maybe you're just working with one type of person and that's all you care about right now. I love that. I love that. And I think that can even transfer over into, you know, if you want to start a website, you just start the website. You know, and you focus on driving traffic to that website. You're constantly posting on Facebook to drive traffic to that website. And that's it. There isn't the truck, the website, the store, the shows. <laughs> I think that's that's a really great analogy because, you know, I talk to so many women every day that it, it's easy. We're all creative, right? I think that's the, the common thread is we're creative. And I think we're all passionate. And so part of that is really focusing, you know, get not having that fear of missing out, which I love the FOMO. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay. So I feel like you were doing a lot, you know, I guess you were working on your breaks. You've, you were really focusing. Um, what else do you feel like were kind of some big, like, ahas as you were going through this, you know, where, where do you think that, you know, listeners could have just a, a tip or two where it's like, um, I guess not to get discouraged, you know, because I, I think that to running two things, it can be like you feel like the second gig isn't isn't going quick enough, you know. So I guess what's the biggest tip in, in, in terms of like staying on the path and not kind of not getting thrown off? Yeah, yeah, I think – it's really, really important to keep track of what you're doing, to be honest, because a lot of times, like, as creatives, 
like you said, we're very passionate. We're usually multi-passionate and multi-talented, right? So a lot of times if we start something on the side, then we see like another opportunity as part of that. And all of a sudden it's a separate thing, right? So I would really take a look at like, are you actually trying to start three businesses on the side, but you're calling it just one thing, right? So where can you really, really focus down? And then I would recommend, um, even if it takes you, you know, a little bit of extra time every day to do something like a journal or an online to-do list or something where you are checking off the stuff that you accomplished so that when your emotions are telling you it's not happening fast enough or you're frustrated or whatever, or you're tired, you can look back and go, whoa, look at all this stuff I did today or this week or this month. Like I am moving forward. So that, that uh, habit of reflection is what can really encourage you and drive you. And when you have the wins to celebrate them and write them down so that when you're not feeling like things are going well, you can remember that you are and get back to that place where you realize that they are. And you are then motivated to move forward because you remember and feel good about what you're doing as opposed to like allowing, you know, feeling overwhelmed or feeling discouraged to be the thing that gets momentum which then leads often to like a shame spiral, you know, where you wind up sitting on the couch and like staring at the TV or staring at the wall and going like, oh, I'm not doing anything. It's not <laughs> happening fast enough. It's never going to happen. Right. Which is not helpful. Yeah. Oh my God. You're like, you are literally just like vocalizing everything that I've had to put into place in my own business because I, I am one of those people who gets a lot of things done and for a long time, I would get to the end of the end of the day and be like, "Oh, I didn't, I didn't get it all done, or I didn't get enough done." And I, I have completely put that practice into place. I think thanks to you, actually, reminding me to do that, and us having check ins. You know, I think having kind of also someone to to check in with once or twice a week. You know, even if it's not like your friend or your mom, having someone else that. You know, maybe they're in their own business and it's a different business, but you can just check in and say, how's your day going? What's up with you? And then you're able to kind of, that's, that's for me been a really great way of self-reflection is checking in with a few like business friends. So I can say, oh my God, I did this. And, and also celebrate when really great things happen. I feel like that's been huge, you know, for me in terms of just knowing that, I am moving forward and, and having that, I love the word reflection. That's like perfect. Yes. Yes. Cause you know, you are always moving a thousand miles an hour, right? Yeah. Like, which is incredible. You do get so much done. Sometimes, you know, when everything's rushing by us, it's just like, okay, that now onto the next thing. Okay. Yep. Mm -hmm, yep. And, um, and you know, most of us who are high achievers, like that's just the way that we live. Most entrepreneurs, that's just the way that we live. And so I think, there's a lot of, uh, there's a big lesson for us in learning to kind of look around at what's going on, what's going right, right? And uh, use that to fuel our forward momentum. If it may be framing it that way helps us to be like, oh yeah, this is worthwhile, right? Instead of like, I don't have time. But if it actually helps us to move forward, then maybe we'll do it. Yeah, absolutely. The I don't have time syndrome. Like we always have enough time. That's that's something I think when you and I first met and we met in a group coaching program and that was one of like the first lessons, wasn't it? To like stop saying you're you're busy all the time, stop saying you don't have enough time. Like stop start being really aware of what you're saying 
and start taking it out of your vocabulary. And I, I think I never say I'm busy anymore, even though like the real realization of it is like, I get a lot done. You do too. I mean, you have a baby you started, you know, since you started your first business, you started a nonprofit. I mean, like you, I feel like you are just like this wealth of knowledge that I'm always coming to and being like, okay, what am I doing about this? Um, and I think on top of it, I'm also, I love hindsight. So do you, I'd love to know, you know, in your years and years of, of being on your own business, businesses, let me say that, businesses, what do you feel like you would have done differently? Like looking back, where, where would you have changed? What would you have shifted? I want to know, because I think that's so helpful for other people. Yes, I do too. I do too. And I'm all about helping people to, uh, you know, get out of their nine to five or grow their businesses faster than I did, right? Like use the lessons that I've learned. Um, maybe learn them the hard way. And, and I would tell you that the one thing, the biggest thing that I would have changed, uh, hands down, is that I would have found a way to invest time and money and getting help sooner. Mm. So, you know, I am really independent. I, I do what I want. I do it my way, right, as yep. most of us entrepreneurs do. And so I think when I was younger, I felt like I had to prove something by figuring it out alone. But uh, – and I had, you know – a free mentor who I met with once a month and he was really great as a check-in like you mentioned, but he did not hold my feet to the fire the way that I needed. He did not call me out on my stuff the way that I really needed to deal with the procrastination and the perfectionism and the fear and the things that were holding me back. And so when I finally did decide to invest in like learning someone learning from somebody who had what I wanted, then I realized, oh, this is a thing. Like, what was I thinking? Thinking that I could read all these books and somehow, like, change my life. Because for me, it was like I was reading them always and, you know, hoping that things would change, but I wasn't implementing. And I was always reading them through, like, the same prescription, if you will, right? So the same filter. It's taking all these things in and being like, oh, that's a great idea, and then not doing anything with it. So, I would wind up more frustrated than when I read this book, but I was proud that I was reading the books because I thought that was supposed to help me. So when I had like actual individualized attention from somebody to go, hey, Christine, maybe this is the deal. Or what if you did this? Because I've already done it and it worked. And here's how you can implement that in your own business. I know I would have quit, been able to quit my nine to five so much sooner, be so much farther along now. And, um, you know, I just can't say enough about the importance of getting that support as soon as you can. Find a way to make it happen. If you're running, you know, these retail businesses, like Emily is such a great resource for a product-based business. She's the person that I refer all of my people who are interested in learning more about product-based stuff to. And so um, I, I know she's an absolute wealth of knowledge with all these types of things. I mean, well, first of all, thank you. <laughs> I, you know, I've devoted my life kind of unconsciously 
somehow I ended up here. Um, but, but like you, it was, it was reading the books. It was, you know, having that, I, I did the read the books, take the classes, do, um, the, the free small business, uh, classes. I, I, I think it's like this entrepreneur, like detour, you know, like you've got to kind of go through that step of, of the pride. It is the pride, right? Like, I think that's such a great call out that I can do it on my own. Like that was totally my thing as a kid where I was like, I can figure it out. I will totally be the leader of this group and I will navigate the way. And then when you're floating on your own and you want to do something kind of as a solo entrepreneur, it becomes a different situation. And I think I didn't know about coaching either, number one. So I'm totally on your page too there. Um, and I think, you know, a group coaching program for me was really the first anything I had in terms of coaching, in terms of consulting. And that that one group coaching program like completely changed my life. And I think even if you can't do a one-on-one coach, a group coaching program or some sort of some sort of way to work with either a coach or a consultant or someone who is, like you said, has been where you've been, knows what you're going through and can actually just say to you, Hey, don't spend your time doing that. It's, it doesn't work. I tried it or I've seen, you know, my other clients try it and that doesn't work. So that I, I just love having you here. These tips are amazing. <laughs> they're, they're so good. And you, you're so good at articulating them. I mean, I think for me too, you know, as you get into more, more deeply into your business, do you feel like there's something else that, you know, is there anything else you would need, I guess, to get to the next level? Because I do work with new retailers. You know, I know there's a lot of new retailers listening. I know there's also a lot of seasoned retailers listening. I know there's a lot, a lot of women on here who maybe have had a store for four or five, 10, 15 years. What would you say for those women would be something that could really help them, I guess, kind of shift and either get to the next level in their business or maybe even have some free time in their life? Because I know uh. once you get to a certain point, you're like, cool, so I've got this running. I just want to hang out with my family or I want to travel. What What do you have there for, for them? What What's a bit of knowledge? Yes. So this is such a great question because – there's a professor who has uh, coined this term, the Bermuda Triangle of Entrepreneurship. His name is Rick Hornbeck. And this is the place where most businesses go to disappear, right? Um, nine of 10 small businesses we know don't make it. And so the reason is that most of them get stuck in the Bermuda of Triangle of Entrepreneurship. How do you stay out or get out, if you find yourself there, of the triangle? The biggest thing that burns entrepreneurs out and that then winds up leading to their businesses failing and then they blame the business instead of like realizing it was something that they could have done differently is that they don't learn to delegate. Mm. And when we're entrepreneurs, it is so normal. Like this is the thing. Most entrepreneurs are not naturally good at delegating because we care so much about our business. We're very passionate about it. We want things to be done right. We know we can do them right, right. And like, it's really hard for us to sort of let go, you know, take our tight grip off of our business enough to allow somebody else like to, to help us. But if the, the phrase is delegate or die, oh God. that's the phrase for a reason. 
Yeah. Wow. That's dramatic. (laughs) (laughs) It is. But, you know, at at a certain point, you will hit an income plateau in your business. And unless you learn to delegate, you will not go above that. It's like your own self-imposed glass ceiling because you don't get more hours in the day. You know, you keep on doing things the way that you've done them with the same types of habits. And the only way to expand is to delegate some of that stuff at a certain point in your business so that you can do what you do best and you can also get that free time, like you said, that allows your business to be in service to your life rather than the other way around. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs get that backward. And then, and you know, they're building the business. It's all about the business. And then they get to a point where they want it to be about their life. They have no idea how to do that because they've never done it. And so I would say that the delegation thing is absolutely key. And if you don't know how to do it and you're like, I'm total, I'm a total control freak. Like I can't imagine. Guess what? That's okay. You can learn it and find somebody who has learned to delegate and learn from them, right? Get them to hold you accountable to it. Get them to say, okay, here's how we start with baby steps, right? And so that you, uh, so that you set yourself up for success there. I, I totally agree. I mean, no one is ever going to replicate you. Like let's, put that on the table. No one can ever be you. So we'll kind of let that go. And then I think one of the best tips I was given, I was at a conference and I was talking to a guy about this and he said, you know, honestly, you're never going to find someone who's going to be exactly like you. But if they're at least 80% of you, 80% of, of the key aspects of what you represent in your business, then you're good. You know, that other 20%, they're not going to be there. And that's okay. That's We're human. So that's not possible. But I love that 80-20 rule where he was like, you know, as long as you can find someone who, you know, name the top three aspects of why your customers love you and find someone who meets those three aspects at about 80%. And and I have to tell you, I when I had my brick and mortar store, um, I had a woman who was an intern for me. And she even looked like me. I mean, she found me and I was like, thank you universe. (laughs) But like everyone would say, Oh, are you guys sisters? Because we were so similar. She did such an amazing job in the store. I left for a week and a half and went on a vacation and she watched the store and she did an amazing job and she was sending me updates, but also not giving me my space too. You know, she knew how important it was for me to get away. She had actually grown up in a retail store. So, you know, I think, One of I'll I'll throw in a tip here, too, in terms of how to find that help, because I get that a lot, too, is, okay. so how do I find good help? Like there's always that good help is hard to find that, you know, one of those old phrases we have to get rid of. (laughs) Um, Right. There's so many. Right, Chrissy? Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One of the tips I I loved um, is just outlining who your ideal candidate is, like writing that down, sitting down and saying, who do I want to attract to me right now? Who do I want to attract to the store? Uh, Who do I want to attract as a coach? Who do I want to attract as a social media manager? Write that down, write down all the things, kind of like how they tell you to manifest a boyfriend when you're single. (laughs) Do the same thing, right? It's, it's a matchmaking service. So write all those things down. And, you know, that's been one of the things I've done is I've written down, who do I want to attract? And 
suddenly they appear in my life and as if like magic, um, they're there. So I love that tip, delegate or die. And I, I love that. the power of intention. Yeah, the power of intention. Right? Like, yeah. Focus all of that scattered energy and actually just sit down for five minutes and go, what do I need right now? Like, what is this frantic brain telling me? Okay, I need somebody to do this, right? I need somebody to teach me this, or I need somebody to, you know, delegate this to and actually set, you know, talk about like set an intention or whatever, but really just write it down, right? Because there's something really powerful about writing it down. You may, uh, I'm doing something right now with my community and I was searching back through some old Facebook group posts and I found something from 11 months ago where I started talking about this and I finally am doing it right now. And I went, Oh my gosh, this is so crazy. Like, but I started talking about it almost a year ago and it's so fun to see. Wow. Oh my gosh. So wait, tell us what is your community? Tell us um, a little bit more about resources that you have. And then I'm going to jump into my famous last two questions, but tell me, tell us a little bit more about where we can find you, you know, where your community lies, because I'm in your community and I'm a little obsessed. So share, please. (laughs) Thank you for being obsessed. I love having you there. So the best way to connect with me is in my private Facebook group, which is called Life with Passion Society. Life with Passion is on Facebook and on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, But the best way to connect with me is Life with Passion Society, which is a group of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of high achievers who are on this path. It's super encouraging. It's super motivating. People just really show up for each other there. And it's super non-competitive and non-catty, which is like a major, major breakthrough for me because I used to think that women were were those things. And now I've discovered there are a lot who aren't. So I love that. And a lot of them are in my community. So that's Life with Passion Society. And then you can also grab a copy of my PDF on how I got out of my nine to five and created my own success story at lifewithpassion.com slash boutique. Perfect. And we'll put that in the show notes and make sure everyone gets that. Um, I love I love the name of your business, Life With Passion. I remember when I first saw it, I had a little jealousy moment because I was like, oh, that's such a good name. I wish I picked that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's so nice. And you know, it actually goes back. I was getting ready to finish school. I wasn't sure what I was going to do. And I had chosen this uh, horse farm to do this documentary on. And so when it came time to name it, I really, the theme of this horse farm and the women who ran it was that they were doing this because they loved it and they were passionate about it. And they had dedicated their lives to this you know, bloodline of horse. And so the, the name life with passion was what I chose for that documentary. And then when I, you know, 10 years later, when I decided to start this business after having started three others and, you know, a nonprofit and all of that, it came back around to like, this is the 
embodiment of who I am and who I am meant to serve and, you know, and speak to in the world. And so it was like this full circle moment of like, I needed to see other people living with passion when I was starting my career. And now I get to provide that to other women and pay that forward. And so that's where the name came from. I love it. I love it. Yeah. You are so closely connected with horses. Um, and I love that about you because horses are so beautiful. And I know we have, we definitely have boutique owners listening who are in horse, horse country, I would call it the areas of the U S that, you know, are known for horses. And so if you guys, you know, if you're interested in, in horses as well, Christine's a really great resource. Um, she, we won't go deeply into talking about that, but I, I always see her as kind of the go-to horse expert. So you can always find her talking about her beautiful horses. So, (laughs) um, okay. So let's bring it back around. So, okay. My last two questions for you. So first is, it's really my boutique signature question. So what is your most favorite item that you've ever purchased in a boutique? (laughs) I love this question. And I love boutiques. I love boutiques because I love, I get really overwhelmed in a big store. And so I love just walking in and the spaciousness of a boutique and being able to really, you know, get my eyes on things that, um, that attract me rather than like a million different options and just not even being able to see, you know, the, the trees for the forest, if you will. So, um, I have in my mind this picture of this really cute long sleeved, um, pink top with a a bow um in the collar and it's a patterned bow and I got it when I was in grad school and I didn't have much money and it was expensive but I just knew I had to have it and so I treated myself to it and I still have it today it was dry clean only which like I didn't really buy in grad school or even really now because I just never get to the dry cleaners blah 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 but I had to have this top and so I bought it um actually okay I bought it I went to grad school at Baylor which is in Waco and it was run it was right across the street from the original Magnolia Market um Joanna was a friend of mine when I was in grad school Joanna Gaines and um she the original Magnolia Market what I shopped there to get stuff for my little grad school apartment when it was just Joanna running this place as a passion project and right across the street was her friend running this boutique that she had helped her start and it was a closed boutique and that's where I got that shirt and I just remembered that oh my god that's such a fun story I love that and look at where Magnolia is now I mean that that just shows you the power of how starting out as a one-woman show in a tiny I mean a small town like Waco Texas and now where she's come with the tv show magazine the huge market I mean that's she's a great I I would think she for a boutique owner would be a really great um kind of mentor or just you know someone you look up to I think she's a great example of that so much so you know they I mean Waco is not a town that's super conducive to that type of thing at all and the fact that they have basically like remade the image of Waco just you know by being themselves and um, doing what they love like what an incredible 
inspiration and they've done it a little bit at a time right like she had the original magnolia market and then she started having babies and so she took a break from it and then she came back to it and you know now it is what it is and so um wherever you are on that journey like she's a great example to to remember yeah i love that too that you said waco was this not conducive to having a boutique or even you know the type of magnolia market she had because I know I hear so many women say, well, I can't charge a lot because I'm in a small town or I, I don't have a lot of reach because I'm in a small town. But I think there is something there to pull out with just sticking with it and adapting to your customers, adapting to what you need. Um, and yeah, she's I'm glad you brought her up. She's a really she's definitely a boutique hero for sure. For sure. Yep. <laughs> I love it. So, okay, so let's finish up. I know you have, you know, your baby to get back to and your life, right? So I just want to know, like, after all these, I mean, you've given us so much to chew on and really, like, so much inspiration. But if you had to sum it up and really, what is the one thing, if listeners are just, you know, now they're perking up, and what is the one thing that you really want them to take away from our conversation today? Yes. Okay. So if there's one thing that I could tell you to remember this one thing, even if you forget everything else, it would be to take five minutes of action on your dream or on your business today. You know, you might be feeling really inspired after this conversation. You might feel like you have some actionable tips. The best thing that you can do for your business, for your dreams, and for the people out there who need what you are selling uh, is to take five minutes of action. Whatever it is, it doesn't have to be the exact right thing. You don't have to overwhelm yourself like making sure. But what you will do is you will get more clarity from taking five minutes of action. And you will also start to build this confidence in yourself that this is doable, that you are making progress, even if you're still in a nine to five or even if you you know, are feeling really overwhelmed right now, you'll tell your brain you are making progress. You can do this. And you can also give yourself permission to say, hey, I worked on the business today. I was productive. And you could show up again tomorrow. I love it. It's that, um, yeah, it's just taking action, just going for it, just doing it. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being here today, Christine, on the Booster Boutique podcast. You're always a pleasure. And I know that there are some inspired women out there for sure. Yes. Thank you so much for having me, Emily. This was a blast. Did you love this episode as much as I did? Head over to iTunes and rate and review the Booster Boutique podcast so more amazing and creative boutique owners like you can find out about it. And don't forget, Head over to BoostYourBoutique.com to learn more.